What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Wellpreneur Podcast. This is the first episode after our August break, and I hope that you had a wonderful time. And I know a lot of you spent the time not only taking time away from your computer, but catching up on the old podcast episodes, which I've totally loved to hear. So I hope that whatever you did during your August break, it really helped to nourish you and reset you and get you ready to take your business to the next level this autumn. So actually today, I'm pre-recording this episode because right now, as you're listening to this, I'm still in Thailand where I'm studying with a Thai traditional herbalist. And I hope to tell you about that when I get back. But probably if you check out my Instagram account, I think you'll be able to see what I'm up to. So I'm on Instagram at Wellpreneur. So definitely come over and check that out to see about my adventures in Thailand. Well, I wanted to kick off this autumn season with an inspiring interview with a real Wellpreneur. This week, I'm speaking to Lacey Beyer. And if you've ever felt like you just haven't hit that sweet spot in your business, you know, the spot where you love what you're doing and your audience wants to buy from you, this interview is going to be for you. Lacey Beyer ran a personal chef business and a food blog for a couple of years, and although her audience was really growing, her revenue wasn't. And so she was really feeling stuck about what to do to, to really turn this into a real sustainable business. And because of some personal things that went on, she took her own journey into healthy eating, and she decided to really just make a leap of faith and shift her personal chef service and her food blog into clean eating. And suddenly it's like the pieces all came together. It really resonated with her audience and her business just took off. So during our conversation today, Lacey's going to be sharing how she started her site, which is a sweet pea chef, how she transitioned her blog and audience into healthy eating, which is super reassuring. If you've ever felt like you want to change direction in your business and you're not sure how to do it. And Lacey's also going to share with us why video is such a key part of her strategy. And of course, we're talking about lots of other things too. This was just such a great, fun, and inspiring conversation with Lacey. So I know you're going to love it. Now, if you'd like to discuss anything we're talking about in this week's episode or ask a question, definitely come join us over in our Facebook group, which is the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind. There's over a thousand Wellpreneurs in that group. And we're really working on getting the podcast guests to come into the group every week to chat with us. So pop on over to the group and we can talk about this week's episode and um, hopefully get Lacey in there too to join us. So anyway, enjoy this week's interview and yeah, let's get into it. Hi, Lacey. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So Lacey, why don't you start us off by just telling everyone a little bit about your business and what it is that you're doing now? Sure. So I run a food blog called A Sweet Pea Chef, and um, I've been doing that for about five years. And about, I want to say two years ago, we switched from having a lot of just from scratch cooking into having a clean eating lifestyle kind of uh, aspect to it and really started focusing on the health benefit of foods, how to really use foods to take back your health. 
and um, have really incorporated video and recipe creation to help people do that. And so primarily I have the food blog that also has the video recipes associated with it. And then on the side, uh, as part of that, I've created what's called what we call the Take Back Your Health Academy, where we um, walk men and women through how to take back their health through uh, the foods they're eating, kind of educate them on that. In a nutshell, <laughs> I do a lot of other things, but that's basically it. <laughs> that was really good. That was a really, I know it's a hard question. Like, tell me about your business. And there's like 50,000 yeah. things you could say, but that was really, it, it, that was there awesome. are, it's, it's been a long time getting my elevator story down. <laughs> yeah. And I want it. So I want to talk about that. So can you take us back to when you first started? Because you positioned it as I run a healthy food blog, right? Yes. Maybe, I think that's what you said. And Pretty so much. how did you start the blog? Did you intend it to turn into a career or did you just start it as a blog or take it's, us back? It's, it's actually kind of a funny story. So I have a master's degree in psychology and I was working as a child welfare social worker for child protective services. So imagine how fun that was. <laughs> I mean, it was, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed a lot of it, but it was also very difficult. And this was back in 2009. I had my first baby, a baby girl, Jordan. And I decided at that point, you know what, I, I don't want to go back to this world. It's too negative. It's too like horrible. And it was really getting at me more than I realized it was. So I uh, tried to find all these different options for what I could do to create my own business. And one of the options that came up was a personal chef service that you didn't have to go to school for necessarily if you could, you know, if you could <laughs> do it. <laughs> and what I was going to do was create a business where I would go into someone's home, I would cook five meals for them or so with different servings and leave it in their fridge for them for the whole week. And uh, my husband is much more uh, entrepreneur savvy than I was, or at the time he was, I guess he still is. <laughs> and he was telling me, you know, you should start a blog so that people can get to know you for the business and they can get to know what your recipes are like and if they're going to like you. And at the time, honestly, I think my literal words were, what's a blog? <laughs> I had no idea what on earth any of that was. And it all started from there. I, I started this new blog. Um, he, he's a software developer, so he helped me put it all together. And I started sharing things. And while I was running the personal chef service at the time, also the blog really took off. I found that I was able to use my love for photography in it. And just it, it just was a perfect fit. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much how a sweet pea chef got started. <laughs> and then did you start doing the personal chef services and like in person? And then I like, did. at what point did you, so what happened with that? Like, or is that something you still it, it do? Actually was how did you transition it? A very good question. So I was doing that in San Diego, um, California at the time, and it was kind of a natural transition that we decided to move out to Austin when uh, my baby girl was about one year old. And it, we just wound up closing. We tried a little bit to restart the business out in Austin, but personal chef services are kind of tricky in new areas because you have to build up a whole clientele again. So during that time frame, the blog started, you know, taking off, started creating more of an audience, having a lot more understanding of how to use SEO to gain, you know, organic search. And it started working pretty well. It wasn't enough to really pay my income at that time. So we had a couple times where I had to go back to work. But over time, we were able to turn it into something that definitely paid for my income. Awesome. So what was the first thing that you created to sell? Or how did you first start turning your blog into 
in monetizing it really because a blog yeah. as you know as much as we'd love to think we can just write about whatever <laughs> we want and this money will just flow to us so, you know yeah, anybody I, that's been blogging for a while will know that like tricky. a blog is not a business yeah no i remember i can clearly remember my first time checking out my adsense <laughs> income report uh, when we were getting that. And I think it was like eight cents after working for like, I don't know, I want to say two and a half months, like full time doing everything. And I was like, oh my God, that is so awesome. I made eight cents. (laughs) This is not going to be sustainable. (laughs) Celebrate the little victories. Yeah, exactly. So we had an idea at the time. We're following Pat Flynn at the time uh, out in San Diego, who, uh, as you probably know, does a lot of, you know, uh, I'm blanking on his a smart passive income, right? Smart. And so basically we decided to create a free cookbook that was downloadable and then got people into my email list and started creating that. And at that time, way back five years ago on the internet, not many food blogs had done that. And so we gained a lot of followers and a lot of email subscribers. And then we decided to create a digital ebook for them to download and buy. And we were thinking, you know, this is going to be it. This is going to, this is going to be everything that we need it to be. It's going to be sustainable and and this is going to really make it. So this is going to be my full-time job. And I think we sold like $300 worth of it. It was like a $19 cookbook, maybe nine to 19. I forget exactly how much. And looking back on it, we should have been super stoked (laughs) that we made that much on something like, oh, look, we made something into nothing. I mean, nothing into something. But at the time, it was kind of deflating because we thought, oh, gosh, this is going to this is going to be a lot harder than we thought. <laughs> so that was the positive and negative of our first product. <laughs> what did you feel like at that time? Like you even said that at certain points during your journey, you had to go back and get a job. Like, yes. how did what was that like for you? There's been a lot of ups and downs with the blog along the way. Thinking back on it, it was very deflating because we spent a lot of time on that cookbook. Um, you know, I, I did I, not alone, just taking the recipe part aside and the photography part aside, just the mere putting it in formatting and all that took like months to create. <laughs> and I probably spent too much time on it looking back. <laughs> and it was all done, you know, with this intention that we were going to have a good payout for it, and also be able to, you know, move on from there. And so it was kind of scary that I would spend that much time on something and have it kind of flop. But we didn't give up at that time. We kept going. We kept trying to do new things. I worked at the time. My husband, I was I was home working um, on just the blog with uh, while my husband was working at a job. And then at night he would help me with everything. And so it was kind of a team effort. But we were both very spread out doing a lot of different things that weren't really having a good ROI. And we didn't really have a good way at that time of assessing that. So it felt like we were just pulling our hair out, doing everything we possibly could do to make money, to make it sustainable, but also at the same time trying to enjoy what we were doing. And it was just this this battle with trying to force stuff to make sense to do to make money, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, I think a lot of people get in that pos- position where you're just like, I don't even care where it comes from. Just send me money. <laughs> like, yeah. And so it, and it was really, you know, that we did the ebook and then we did, we tried to start, uh, at, at times we tried to do like different courses. And then my husband was like, okay, no, we need to actually expand this. Let's do podcasting. Let's do video. <laughs> Let's do 
And at the time, Pinterest was just coming out. Let's do Pinterest and all these different things. And at, at one point, I was just like, I can't do all of this. This is, this is too much. This isn't enjoyable anymore. And, you know, maybe I should just go back to work. And so I think that was about three and a half years ago where I, I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> and we, we didn't want to kill the blog. We wanted to keep it there. And at, at the time, it was a really good, it was like a glorified recipe catalog, you know, of everything. But I needed to do some soul searching to figure out exactly what it was because we didn't I didn't really at that time have a good voice and understand how I could help people and how I could love doing that piece and find a good niche for me to just have my own voice. If that makes sense, it was more just, you know, trying to make a business first without creating my audience and understanding what my brand was all about. Mm -hmm. So take us to that turning point then when. What was the shift that made it start flowing and, and work a lot more easily? Yeah, so I would I would actually fast forward that to about two years ago when we started doing video. For the longest time, I fought doing any video, but there's a video somewhere. I, I need to burn it somewhere <laughs> that, um, of my husband taking a, a video of me like showing how to remove the pit from an avocado. And it, it was so awful. <laughs> And I, I was like, no, this is just not happening. I am never going to be on camera. I'm not good at this. I don't want to do it. But so it's kind of funny that we do so much video now. But so we we were doing all of these, all these recipes that were from scratch. And, you know, because that was something that a sweet pea chef was really about that you can share, you can make food you love at home. And it's actually not that difficult and trying to make that into more, tr- turn a tricky idea into something that was actually approachable and more and, and simple. But that didn't remove the fact that, you know, we were using, you know, all-purpose flours and butters and creams and all these different things that weren't very healthy for you, even though they were from scratch. (laughs) And so the breaking point was basically in our personal lives, my husband and I had really started following a more of a clean eating, whole food kind of lifestyle and exercising a lot and really focusing on the foods we were eating. But on the blog, I'm testing recipes for cinnamon rolls, you know, over and over and throwing out cinnamon rolls because even the kids were sick of them, you know, um, and really realizing that there wasn't that what we were producing on the site for an audience that we thought they wanted wasn't jiving with how we felt and what we were passionate about. And so we had a lot of soul searching at that time. We had a, a business coach and we basically came to the conclusion that we needed to pivot what our brand was into something that we were passionate about that we felt like we could really do the long haul with and that we could really help people with, but also be extremely interested in, if that makes sense. And it was really that turning point when we started turning to clean eating and sharing that, that was the changing point, not only for our business in terms of our passion and our, and our interest for it, but also in our audience's positive reaction as well. And and that's when we kind of started really growing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like, I think people have a lot of fear around making a shift like that. Oh, yeah. Like, how do you, it seems so overwhelming. Like, how do you do it? Do you have to redesign the whole website? Like, yeah. just all this stuff. How did you do it? Like, I don't think it has to be that difficult as we all make it out to be. And, and it doesn't. And it um, and it's kind of tricky because everything's still out there in the internet. You know, you can't really, it doesn't forget. <laughs> but you know, my number one recipe is still some shredded chicken enchilada recipe that, you know, isn't clean and that people find me from that. (laughs) So that's always going to be the case there. But the way that we wound up um, transitioning was 
I think we first surveyed our audience, our email list, and basically said, look, we are actually looking to try this. And are you interested in any of these following things? And we kind of listed out all the different things that we were interested in. And one was clean eating, one was um, learning how to meal prep, all these different types of options. And resoundingly, and we were so shocked and very happily shocked, the audience replied with, we want to learn how to eat clean. We want to get healthy and we want to eat the foods we love, but we want to learn how to do it, right? And so there was this kind of dynamic that we were hearing from the audience that we all love food, but we want to eat so that we don't feel bad about ourselves and we want to lose weight and we want to feel good about ourselves. And so that kind of started this whole new concept um, on a sweet pea chef of, okay, you can eat healthy and not hate your food. It's okay. We can, I can show you, we can do this, (laughs) you know? And so we started slowly introducing new, healthier ways of cooking on the show and in the recipes. And it, it, it wound up going really well. And now everything I share is a clean eating recipe. Awesome. Were you scared doing that, making that transition? I was scared in the sense that, you know, I had this obligation to the audience and to the people who had been following me for years. And I didn't want to let them down. And because I knew that, you know, not everybody was going to be interested in this. And I felt like I was kind of it was kind of a weird catch 22 because on the one hand, I felt like I was being a little disingenuous to my audience for giving them one recipe that was tasty and good, but it wasn't something that I would want to really eat because it wasn't healthy any, and I wasn't following that anymore. Um, that I would have it on like a cheat day or whatever, but I wouldn't have it as just a normal food. But then at the same time, I was worried that they were going to you know, not be interested in the site anymore and we were going to lose all of that audience that we had built for years. And Mostly, we were nervous about having to basically transition away from a sweet pea chef and create a whole new site and start from scratch on that, which was a little scary for us because we know we knew how well we were ranking with a lot of things with SEO and how you know we had a lot of link backs and all that kind of stuff that really gave and the the brand of everything really gave a sweet pea chef a, a good amount of interest. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I was scared to have to do it all over again, but we wound up not having to. <laughs> but, and it's so funny because I think that's a really common fear. Like, oh my gosh, if I pivot, I'm going to have to start everything again. But yeah, this is, that is totally not true because yeah. first of all, you're not starting from the same place because you know so much more. So exactly. even if you did start from scratch, it would go so much faster because you yeah. know exactly what you're doing. But also yeah. like you, like you learned there's a good chunk of your audience that likes you and wants to come along with you on that journey. Yeah. And I've had people in the very beginning who were some of my long-term followers say, you know what? That's awesome, Lacey. I'll still follow you because, you know, I love, I love you and I love your recipes, but I, no thanks on the clean eating. I think I'm good. And you know what? Those are people in the academy now that are full on taking back their health and they're, they're loving it and they feel great. <laughs> and, and it's, it's funny because, you know, sometimes you got to kind of help guide people to do things that they don't realize they already want, you know, <laughs> and as an influencer, you have that kind of, you have that, you know, it's, it's kind of scary to a degree, but you have that, that influence, <laughs> so to speak. Totally. So knowing what you know now, like if you could go back five years ago and give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? I think I would tell myself to get started in video sooner, to stop being so afraid of what people think (laughs) and how something's going to look and just totally embrace the fact that, like you were saying, that, that 
people are going to follow me and, and love me for who I am and not a, because I'm doing something that I think I should be doing. And to have that confidence that it's going to be okay because you're going to just make it okay. And it's just going to be, it's, it's going to go well. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then change it, fix it, fail fast and move on. And that is how you're going to learn the best. Totally. Yes. I mean, I think there's, you totally learn the best by just getting it and putting it out there. And I think a lot of people get hung up on wanting to make it, wanting to make it look like some of the other stuff they see online. And I think that's just not possible your first time out of the gate. Like you don't need to have that standard for yourself the first time. You just need to get something out there and then, and then you'll learn and then you can improve it and then it grows. Yeah. And and if you're, if you look back and you're not like completely embarrassed by the first product you got out there, (laughs) Then, then you waited too long. <laughs> it should be completely mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It shows you've evolved, right? Yeah, it does. And and I think that, you know, there's still there's still room. There's always room for improvement. And I go week to week thinking, oh, I should have done that better just from the new thing. It's just there's it, this constant. That's what I love so much about this online ability to just work for yourself and to create these businesses and um, and help people is that you're constantly finding new ways that you can reach people, help people. And, and to that degree, you're also finding ways that you haven't been doing it as good as you could have. And you can always keep improving. So there are a lot of clean eating blogs, <laughs> programs. Yes. And I mean, it's it's a really hot topic. And, you know, I started my natural beauty blog about the same time, like 2008, 2009. Okay. And there was a lot less competition out there then. Yeah. And yeah. now it's a really different situation. And so. I'm just curious, like your perspective on how do you differentiate yourself when there's so much competition? Like, just can you talk about that a bit? Like, sure. just how, yeah, <laughs> how you're not, it's not <laughs> like you're the only person doing this, but yet yeah. it's okay because there's still space for you to do this. Absolutely. There's, there's so much space in this space. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think what's, what's really helped us differentiate ourselves has been video and um, being able to have that connection with people and show them really that it's okay, that they can do this, that I hear from so many people, like I I see your videos and it makes me realize that I can do this. And not only is it the case that once you have that engaged eyeball watching the video and, and feeling that way, but also video has allowed us to expand our brand exponentially on sites like Instagram and Facebook where we've grown just huge because everybody shares these viral recipe videos that they're in love with. And they share it before they probably even realize that it's a healthy recipe. And then when then they're like, oh, there's another one from a sweetie chef. Shoot, that's, that's sweet potato lasagna without sweet, you know, and all these kinds of things start building up and having this kind of tricky way to, uh, to eat healthy, but still eat the food you love and the video piece and kind of basically saying to that person who wants to start eating healthy that, look, you can do this. Just start with these simple replacements is a really powerful opportunity for those people to start taking those first baby steps. One thing that comes up for me is about video. I think people have a lot of blocks around video, like they want it to look super professional. So if somebody was just wanting to get started, how do you start recording videos easily? you could even just do it on your iPhone and start recording. People are really nowadays really enjoying raw video, just getting to know you like Facebook live. And now, you know, Instagram today just, you know, is doing their, their kind of Snapchat version of stuff there. There's this whole movement for live uncut raw video that doesn't require any editing, which is awesome. (laughs) 
but it is live. So you have to be a little bit more willing to do that piece. But just having, you know, if you're, if you have just a regular uh, digital um, SLR that you, that can record, just recording it and, and doing your best on some sort of free software to edit it or to send it to a VA to work on and just have that, you know, kind of cut together. It, it doesn't take that much effort. You just kind of set your camera up on a tripod and get going. And if you have, you know, engaging content, people are going to watch it. What do you do now for video? Or like, what's your setup like? So I work with a team. Um, it's my, it, I do all of the recipe creation and basically all the content related piece. And um, my brother-in-law, Sean, he comes and he records it. He's behind the camera and then he does the editing. And while it's really awesome that we have somebody that does that for us, <laughs> um, it's something that someone could do on their own, or they could also hire someone to do that for them. So it, he's great, <laughs> but it's not necessary to have a full team to do it. Mm-hmm. So another thing, you know, you mentioned back when you were first getting started, like the first thing you created was that recipe book. Yeah. It took so long to produce and, and didn't really sell how you wanted. So yeah. this is something I see a lot of people still creating recipe books. And yeah. I feel, and I'm curious your opinion on this. My mm-hmm. gut feeling is like those don't work so well anymore. I feel like they became oversaturated. Yeah, I I agree with that. And by the time that we had ours out, it had already started doing that. But I also feel that there's a place. I, I get a lot of people telling me they want my recipe book in hardcover. So there's always that option that has been a dream of mine to work with a publisher and to do that piece. But, you know, it's always on the back burner. <laughs> but I think recipe books are useful for people, for a certain type of person, that they want to have your recipes collected and they like having it on their desktop rather than going to the blog. So I feel like there is a place for it, but it's not nearly as, um, not that it was ever really lucrative, but it it doesn't solve a big enough problem to uh, make a lot of money from. Right. And maybe it's the thing like once you have a following, then people are going to want your recipe guide because they'll want your your recipes. But I see a lot of people trying to use them as an opt in like, oh, you know, sign up here to get five free recipes on whatever. And I don't know. I just feel like I mean, you can get recipes anywhere. It's so easy to find, which is so bad because I know how much time and effort it goes into developing a recipe. Yeah. And and I think but to that point, you know, any kind of opt in hook is going to be helpful because it's going to get somebody to be, you know, get something for signing up. So at at best, I mean, at the very least, a a recipe book is a good idea for that just to give something to them. I've learned that more than I think that going back to how we started before and how we were kind of putting the horse before the care, the carriage before the horse is not the word. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, How we were basically trying to make money before trying to actually solve problems for the audience. But if you can find something that solves that problem for the audience, you're making the money part is going to be a lot easier. For example, recipe books, you know, like you're saying, there's a lot of them around. Pinterest is huge. Google, you know, it's it's not hard to find a recipe if you're looking for it. You can even search on that person you like's site. But if you solve a problem for them, like you have an opt-in, we have an opt-in on our site for how to learn how to start clean eating or how to seven steps to how to quit sugar or something like that. Those are things that the audience is like really wanting to know. And they're super stoked to get that for free. And that has worked better for us than a free uh, recipe book. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. Something that's really targeted around that problem that you're solving. Ultimately, the same problem you're going to solve in your paid products. Exactly. Just a little slice of that. 
Yeah, per- exactly. So I'm curious because I'm a little bit of a geek. Like what's the technology that you're running your business on? What are your favorite tools or the things <laughs> you like to use? Um, well, we recently started using ConvertKit for our email service provider. But prior to that, we were using MailChimp, which is a great product for starters. But uh, now that we have a lot of segmentation and, you know, we just so many different types of autoresponder sequences, you know, ConvertKit has been great. We use ClickFunnels in order to kind of drive people through a funnel um, and have different types of sales pages and such. I'm trying to think, what are, what are some big ones? I just ran a webinar. Is, I'm sorry? What's your website on? Is it WordPress? The website's a WordPress. Yeah. It's a custom built website on WordPress. And we just ran a webinar on Webinar Jam today, which is a, a pretty, it's been a lot less buggy and very <laughs> easy to use compared to other products that I've used for webinars. Gosh, you I use so like social media, social media <laughs> automation or anything. I use Buffer for Facebook, but that's really the only social media scheduler that I use. Everything else I do is in real time. Currently, I'm looking to uh, branch out and start doing a lot more planning ahead (laughs) for that. But yeah, Buffer has been great for for scheduling. (laughs) I'm trying to think what else I use. I use so many things. So many, right? I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, that's good. I'm just always curious to hear the, the main components people use to run their business. Cool. So is there anything else you want to share as we're wrapping up like a message to the the wellpreneurs out there getting <laughs> growing their businesses? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like just that the key is to really identify what is special about you and how that can line up with what's special about your audience and what they want. And to kind of find that happy medium of achieving both of those. And that, you know, obviously having that entrepreneurial idea behind it, you know, wanting to build that business and wanting it to be sustainable, you need to keep that in mind. But if you can find that happy medium, it's just going to go, it's going to explode. Awesome. Cool. Lacey, thank you so much for being with us. Can you tell people where they can find you if they want to learn more or get in touch? Yeah, sure. So the blog is a sweetpeachef.com. And um, on there, you can learn all about, you know, the recipes and the YouTube channel and Um, pretty much everything can start from there. (laughs) Awesome. And we'll link all of that up in the show notes so people can get you really easily. So thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, being on the call. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. You can get all the links about everything we talked about in the show notes, which you can get by just tapping directly on the picture in your podcast player on your mobile phone, or you can head over to wellpreneuronline.com and check out the episode show notes there. Anyway, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here with you this autumn for another season of the Wellpreneur podcast. And yeah, wishing you tons of luck this week. And as usual, I'll see you back here next week with another episode. Have a great one, guys. Bye.